welcome to another episode of Forest Spirituality with me, Julie Brett. And that song you just heard is called I'll Be. It's from the EP Sleeping Giants by Casey Guy Stevenson. And in this podcast, I have a chat with Casey that I recorded just before we all went off to Druid Camp in Adelaide a couple of months ago. It's quite a long chat, so settle in for a bit. There's some more of Casey's music dispersed through the recording too. So if you like what you just heard, there'll be more for you to hear later on. You can also find all the details of where to find more about Casey's music and what he has coming up in the show notes. Casey is a fellow O-body and is also studying the Ovate grade, so we aren't just talking about music in this podcast, but also about his journey with Druidry and how it's inspired what he creates. I hope you enjoy the talk. Hi everyone, I've got Casey Guy Stevenson with me here today. We um, are friends through Obod and he's an excellent musician and poet and storyteller and um, yeah we've we've had a lot of experiences through Obod going to different camps and you were part of uh, organising the um, assembly last year with the Golden Waddle Sea Group which was great fun and we've got a we've got Druid Camp coming up and the English Ale you're going to be playing at so I think we've got lots to talk about so yeah. Um, Definitely. Yeah do you uh, would you like to start with you know saying something about how you got into Druidry and and how music has been a part of that for you? That's a long story. Um, Well, just as a a kind of, I suppose, a way of starting, I got into paganism quite quite early. I I found out what it was when I was a child. I was probably about 10. And I had a friend that was really avid in reading books, and we came across all these witchcraft books, as you do. And... um, and I, I was really into magic and things like that. But I, but most importantly, I always had this, I, I always had this sense that nature itself was inherently spiritual. And I went to this alternative primary school called the Annex in a little town called Yankalilla. And there was a stream that ran out the back. And I would go down there and I would sense this 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 spirit in the water. And I would call it the water spirit. And I would go down there and give it offerings. And this was going back, you know, years. But that reverence for nature, that understanding that nature is inspirited and has spirits and is imbued with, um, yeah, all levels of animism, um, I suppose, was an intuitive thing. Um, And so I came to paganism. And eventually, about five years ago now, I kind of really started to look at Druidry. Um, And when I was... Just turned 19, I joined the Order of Bards, Ovates and Druids, um, and I had met a few Obod Druids in, in Adelaide at the time, and I made a, a, a good friend uh, who inspired me and um, taught me a few things and showed me along the way. And um, he was in Obod and was an Obod Druid. Um, and yeah, that inspired me to kind of look into Obod and I was looking at the time, I was kind of going through that angsty kind of like teenage period of like, I was looking for foundation. I was looking for structure. I had been going through a lot of, I don't know, reading lots of books, testing lots of stuff out, but it was all very, you know, feeling, I, I wanted something that was more stable, something that would give me something to work with and mold. Um, and I found that through Obod, you know, it's got the flow, but then it also gives you tools, tools and ways or suggestions of working with Arwen and suggestions of working with the spirits of nature and the spirit of place and 
all that kind of stuff, the inner world and the, and the outer world and so forth. And so it gave me a lot of that inspiration. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of how I came to Druidry was, I suppose, going out there, finding out what Druidry was, searching for it, starting to read books. I think one of the first books I read was um, Druid Mysteries by Philip Cargon. Another one was, it's a book by Michael Greer, um, the, the Druid, Druid Handbook. Handbook. Yeah, the Druid Handbook was, I think, the, the first one, I think, that I picked up on Druidry. Um, but, yeah, it just spoke to my soul, you know, that I, I suppose the emphasis on or the focus on nature as a means for um, magical inspiration and, and for practice, for spiritual nourishment, um, in, in, yeah, with a, with a nature focus was, I think, what I was looking for. And did the um, the sort of creative element, um, like was was music something that you were doing already? Like the, um, <laughs> yeah, like I mean, I don't know whether you were doing music beforehand, and if that was how, something that kind of came into it, or like was was the musical element of Druidry something that made it appealing? Oh, for sure, definitely. Um, the creative uh, element of Druidry in general, you know, the cultivation of Arwen was definitely a massive part of it. But, I mean, I, I, I kind of I grew up with music from a very young age, and so it was kind of, I mean, it was always there kind of thing. Like, all my brothers played music, different types of music, but, you know, Dad was in a band, Mum was in bands and all kinds of stuff, you know. So the, 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 there was a lot of different kind of performing arts influences and musical influences. Um, but what uh, I suppose Obod presented to me was nurturing um, I suppose the spirit of the artist, uh, and of course, as an artist, I suppose everyone's aware of that within themselves in different ways. But I found that Obod was um, a really good way that helped me to uh, create songs. Actually, a lot of the, um, especially in the Bardic course, a lot of the Worsi helped me create songs and find the inspiration that I needed to delve more deeply uh, into my musical practice. Um, it also gave me tools to feel more confident on stage as well. Um, I suppose that bardic expression of holding your, you know, you're standing in your power when you're a bard. It's all about ownership in, in the sense of owning yourself, you know, being confident in your practice, and that's a plane going over there. Um, I live close to the airport, so it's... It's a, it's a bit of a noisy place sometimes. The element of air is yeah, very pregnant. Um, <laughs> metal eagles. Um, but, yeah, no, de definitely the, the musical part's always been there for sure. And, I mean, before I got into Druidry, I, I found I, 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 in high school I joined a choir and I realised I could sing somewhat and... Um, I wasn't confident at all in that, and people kept saying, you know, yeah, yeah, you're not bad, you know, yeah, you're all right. And, uh, you know, I didn't believe them in everything, but I gave it a crack. And and then I ended up in a few bands and ended up with the Oran Winter Band, and my brother played with me for a while, and we did a few tours around different folk festivals in South Australia. Um, and then I ended up meeting... Um, uh, Emily at the Fleury Folk Festival and we had we formed Serendipity for a while and 
and now I'm doing my own solo stuff. And it's been it's been many many years of stuff. I, I started really doing performing as as my own practice in terms of music when I was 17. That's really when it blossomed. Yeah, and paganism was always inspiration for that. It didn't um, bang start with when I you know started doing druidry. It was before that. The um, my inspiration for writing songs and poetry and words has always been inspired by my spirituality. I think a key element to the inspiration to write music, to express musically, always comes from a spiritual source for me. Uh, more often than not that there's this, I don't know, more, yeah, esoteric sense, I suppose. So, okay, what, one of my songs, it's more of a recent song, but it's Chase, you, I think you might have heard it before, Chasing the Hair. And that's that. That's all about the you know chase of Talies and and the, the Keridwen cycle, which um, is so important in our Obod work. Yeah, obviously. in the Bardic Raid, it's it's a big part of I suppose the mystical journey of the unfolding of the soul, with the alignment of the elemental factors that come into our lives and nature and so forth. Um, but of course, you know that had a big for me personally that that part of the journey was very transforming and very powerful. And um, I eventually had to write a song about it. And it took ages because I tried a few attempts, but it just never felt right. Um, and, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a bit of a polytheist, so I believe that, you know, the gods are there and, and the goddesses are there. And, and Keridwen was – she wasn't happy just yet. So <laughs> I had to – I just felt like I needed to sit with this song for a while, you know. Um, until I found, I suppose, the, the, the right fruits to pick, um, and then I found them. But, yeah, uh, that came from that spiritual nourishment, sitting with the story and going through the, the lessons and the transformations and the initiations. And, um, yeah, that, that's one example. And, of course, just in general, going out in nature and sitting a while. And I find that space it's 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 an irony in a way because if you give yourself space then you give yourself room for sound to come forth and for uh for, for you know for seeds to grow um and that's why i find actually sometimes just silent meditation gives my mind and my soul and heart the room to cultivate inspiration in order to uh, produce music or whatever it might be. Do you ever use like ritual practices to in order to like help you write songs? So yeah. what, how do you, how might you do that? Well, generally I'll do I'll, I'll use the obod structure generally, um, and you know I'll I'll do like an opening and I'll have a middle and a closing because that helps me feel I suppose stable in the space and, and gives me an orientation to what I'm doing also sets the purpose. And so I will consciously set the purpose of what I'm doing and I will connect with, you know, maybe it might be Bridget or Keridwen for inspiration. And I might even give them offerings, libation, and I will chant Arwen. And sometimes in the past um, I've used a stone and I've put the stone on my belly because there's an old, uh, it was recorded in Kamira Galika, which was um, an, uh, a compilation of folk practices that were recorded you know, in Scotland. 
And there was a practice in the bardic schools in Scotland where they would put a stone on their belly and they'll sit in the darkness for hours um, to, I suppose, uh, meditate on um, inspiration or it might be a certain amount of poetic text or something which their teachers had given them to reflect on. And they were meant to basically pump their minds with um, answers or clues or whatever. And the stone was meant to be that, I suppose, centre point of concentration, which would give, which would give, uh, which would arise within them the answers they needed. But so I've done that before. Although when I did that practice, I just ended up going to a crazy trance and ended up in what felt like the cauldron of Anun, uh, which was more like kind of descending to the the I suppose the base fabric of reality instead of uh, necessarily producing a song. But um, <laughs> Damn it. you got to start at the beginning to get to the, you know. <laughs> so, so do you usually go in with an intention to write a song and, like, with an idea for the song or do you just kind of wait and see what comes? Like, like are you, are you just kind of, like, opening yourself to presence and seeing what that, that moment brings in or are you kind of going, I'm going to write a song about that thing today? It depends. Or, yeah, it depends. Sometimes. Both maybe. Yeah. I think I think I think fundamentally it always starts in the moment. You know, it, it kind of just comes. That's the spark of our when. But I suppose sometimes if I'm not getting the feel of it, or I just need more cultivation work, I need to do more work on the song. I will then use the aid of ceremony or ritual or meditation to just go deeper with it, mm. uh, to find more inspiration. Um, and yeah, um, sometimes that's called for other times. Um, it just comes out. I just started writing another song two nights ago and, um, that needed meditation. I needed to sit and just be still. And because, you know, sometimes like artists do all the time, we can overthink things. And I started over rationalizing the words. I'm like, what am I doing? Stop, put the pen down. We need to go into space, you know, just sit in. In space for a while, um, in in the in the inner cave of nurture, and just sit there and just cultivate and incubate Arwen for a while. So that's what I did. As I sat with myself, and I think that's a really important thing. Is that we, we I think we think as artists of, as always expressing something, but I think sometimes in order to express something, again, you need to be the bear in winter. You need to hibernate and go and, and go quiet and do kind of the complete opposite of what you think you should be doing is actually starting in the opposite direction. And then it kind of just unfolds from there. You don't, it, it's not, there's no effort involved once you start from that direction. Hmm. Yeah. And um, I think you, you've, you've said to me before, and I think it says somewhere on your Facebook page that um, you're getting more into the mythology, mythological storytelling and things like that and more into the pagan kind of like trying to specifically make pagan music um like for the our druidry community and for for the stories that we have but but um like like is this practice something that you did in in your earlier songs as well um they they seem to be you know they're kind of subtly pagan you know mm. they still got that um mystical element to them but they're not sort of overtly like here's a song about Keridwen you know, mm. so was that still something that you were doing at that point or is that something that you've been working more with, with the new music that you I knew when I was like 17 and or like 
before before I got into Druidy kind of stuff, or you mean like in my earlier music? Oh, just the 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 last EP that you've released. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. I, mean, I know was, one of those songs is an yeah. old one, but yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Um, a song from that EP is Wild Man, and I was sixteen, I think, when I came up with that song. And that was well, that was inspired from my pagan. I was meditating in the garden when that song came to me. And, well, it didn't, it's funny because sometimes you're meditating and it comes to you just after you've finished. You come back into the light of consciousness or, or normal consciousness. And then all of a sudden, all these ideas just come flooding in. And that was one of those moments. I went up to the kitchen to get a drink and then bang, oh, there's a tune. So I had to get it down. Of course, it doesn't always work. That's the that's the technical way of doing it. You walk to the kitchen and then bang. And like Sandra, Sandra was telling me, you go to the supermarket and that's where it turns up. Yeah, I went out of the hat. It's not ritual. It's um, it's going to the kitchen or the supermarket. No, a lot strenuous work, but um. Oh, God, now I lost my train of thought. Sorry, the Wild Man song. Wild oh, Man, yeah. yeah. That was kind of one of my first songs. And I play that a lot, or at least I used to play it more, but I find people really resonate with that song, especially in the pagan community. Um, and especially in the Druid community because it's all about uh, the natural, the, 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 the wild self, the wild man or woman. I suppose I should call it, I don't know, wild something or other. Not wild man, but <laughs> I, not wild. it was about me, singing it. about you know me, and I suppose my aspiration to one day have my little bothy or something in the woods, you know, like. Um, but yeah, no. So, but that is, I suppose, that's one of my more more vivid songs in terms of its imagery. You know, I am wild, a wild man. It lives with the trees and the bears that kind of thing, but it's not overtly pagan in that sense. It's it's kind of very generic. Anyone can take anything from that which they want to. Mm-hmm. And I kind of that that's kind of what I look for because I feel like I, I want my songs to be accessible to anyone and everyone, you know. Um, even though a lot of them sometimes especially if I'm writing about myth, that's not always easy. And I wouldn't want to water down myth either. So when I'm writing about myth, yes, that is what it is, you know. But there are ways, you know, there are tricks and there that you can be really cunning with music and with songwriting. Um, and I think that that's a magic in itself. And the bards of old used to do that. They had a secret language or they, that they would say something which meant something else or that meant or kind of, it was like a doorway to something deeper and only the people that were initiated understood what that real meaning was. You know what I mean? Things yeah. like that. Um, so I find, you know, songs like Chasing the Hair. Chasing the Hair, if I don't say what the song's about beforehand, people that don't know the story, even people that know the story, probably wouldn't recognise what it's about either. But I think that that's a nice thing because people can listen to the song and make up their own idea of what it's about. It's got an inherent meaning, but we will take we will take our own meaning from everything. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I like my songs to be accessible to lots of different feelings and whatever. Mm. Um, but pagan, indeed, at its base, yes, fundamentally, fundamentally pagan and um, mythologically based, especially in the Celtic 
um, mythologies and in druidic concepts as well. So, so what are you writing about now? Let's, um, I suppose, you know, what's been the difference between the, the, alt, the, the EP that you've already released and what you're working on at the moment? Actually, a lot more pagan now. Um, the, the last one was, I don't know, maybe my attempt to be uh, the overall kind of folk dude, um, but I couldn't grow proper man bun. So <laughs> I had to just, uh, yeah, <laughs> resign with the fact that, no, that's okay, you know. You do you, you do you, you know. Um, but anyway, <laughs> so at the moment I'm writing a song about Bowen and the and the Boyne. Right. Um, uh, the Well of Sagesh as well. So I've, I've got quite a bit of inspiration there happening at the moment. But it's very poetic though too. I'm, I'm trying not to be, you know, again, I'm not trying to be really factual about everything I'm saying. You know, she did this, she did that, she made coffee, she went and had breakfast, or uh, Bowen, she's a goddess. You know, things like that which are really... Um, just factual. You can pick up the story and just read that. You know what I mean? It's I think I think metaphor and and poetic ways of pointing to what she is, but not actually saying she's a goddess. For example, saying that I don't know, you know, uh, bright, you know, the bright lady with the brow shining in the in the in the light of night, something like that. Mm. And that can mean anything to anyone, but. <clears throat> brightness is associated with with spirit and with the sacred and you know the moon it could be about the mother of the moon the goddess you know and things like that so not not particularly talking about Bolan in that context but just saying as a way of kind of talking about the same thing but in a poetic way yeah it's almost like you're adding a mystery a to it but yeah it's. I was going to say, it's almost like you're adding a mystery to the story that people can uncover yes, when, yeah. when they have discovered yeah. those mysteries themselves. They'll be able to see it as well. Yeah, mm. mystery is important. I really like mystery. <laughs> In the right context. Yeah, I think because mystery isn't just for mystery's sake. I think it's there for a reason. It, it kind of, mystery is like a vessel that you can look into, you know, um, and when you look in, if you look in in the right way, with the right, um, with the right manner, with the right understanding, um, and the right kind of preparation, then you find the treasure hidden within. Um, but of course, that takes time and it takes patience. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely bring that element into my songs. I love it. <laughs> The animal kingdom is really divine Their wisdom beyond all space and time Every swallow that flies on the weekend Feeding its young worms from the earth A bear dining alone Is looking for from human prey. He hides in a den that is all his own, and yet it is home to others. 
recently that you've been having some creative blocks I get that too um, mm. and I've always found that druidry is really helpful with that like when I'm having creative blocks for the various things that I do creatively I find that going back to ritual um, or, or to all sorts of different practices really helps me to I don't know work work out where the issue is and to get through it has what have what have you been doing to help you know get through it <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, when, you know, like before when I said I do ceremony to cultivate Arwen, I do. But I think what's so, some of the times where I've had creative blocks is just going out in nature and just reflecting on what's holding you back or, you know, why is this not working for me? And sometimes it's letting go with I think sometimes we can kind of grip on to the fixation of the fact that we're feeling blocked 
and we kind of end up in this cyclical process of continuing it because we're just we're going, oh, I've got a block, I've got a block, I've got a block, I've got a block, don't know what to do about it. Or maybe just let go of the concept of the fact that you feel like you're blocked and maybe you, you know, you let go of it. <laughs> you're right just maybe don't be blocked. Yeah. <laughs> right. And um, so I think sometimes we kind of fall under our own trap. Yeah. And no. yeah. You, you know, it, it could be self doubt or I don't know, whatever, self confidence or, you know, oh, I'm not going to be able to write about that. Or, and it can just be passing thought, but that thought, you know, uh, becomes unconscious. And if we're not careful, it can keep showing up. Um, and yeah, I think there's lots of different things that can lead to creative blocks, but I definitely went, have gone through one recently. And, um, but I also had to, I was going through a lot and I needed to work on those other things. And so I suppose the writing and all that needed just space for a while. I just needed to put that to one side. I know that I'll always come back to it, always be there. It doesn't matter what it is that I'm passionate about. I know that at some point, you know, I'll come back to it. It might be different. I might change. I'll be a different person next time I come back. But, yeah, it's... Yeah, it's like planting that seed in the winter. Sometimes mm. you just got to wait yeah. for a while, like you were saying that's before. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, the dormancy of winter, waiting for spring. And you do, you do need to rest sometimes, I think. And I, I think in the past I've kind of gone, I think my ego's got a little bit in and I've, I've put myself under pressure or stress. And as soon as I do that, with my creativity, I kind of start to crumble because if I restrict the potential of what can happen, it's like you're trying to box in the wild self. You need to stop, you know. So get rid of the box and what do you have? You have expression. And then, of course, that expression just naturally channels itself into the right places. Um, mm. and that's what happens with, with songwriting, you know. But, um, yeah, definitely... I think sometimes blocks, creative blocks, are just um, alarm alarm signals for other things that you need to focus on for a little while. And they can be really mundane things you just need to do, like work or something, you know. Maybe you're just feeling overstressed or whatever and you need to simplify your, yourself for a bit. Mm. And, yeah, anyway. I find like cleaning my office makes me more productive. More, more yeah, productive. Right. Just yeah. Like basic, Physical. Back to basics kind of stuff. Yeah. Back to basics, yeah. And because I think too, we can fall into the trap of anyone, everyone, can fall into the trap of glorifying creativity as well, or anything, self-expression. I think, um, I don't know, like, I think you can glorify, you can glorify ceremony, you know, oh, I need to do this particular ritual at this particular time in order to create this particular type of sound. <laughs> no, you don't need to. Well, I mean, you could, and it might work, but what happens if it fails? What happens if you just spent, you know, two and a half hours or three hours doing this huge ceremony and everything and trying to cultivate all this stuff and it just doesn't, feed you any doesn't do anything and that happens too you know and then this happened to me before but i definitely haven't spent three hours in a ceremony trying to you know but i'm just talking about yeah the glorification i think we can expect too much of 
creative expression too um, before we've actually done it <laughs> or, or before it's given birth, you know. Yeah, yeah. Just sort of almost assuming, oh, I did that before, I should be able to do it again. It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a gift. <laughs> yeah. You know, no, you just got to take what you get. Is a good coffee and a sit down at a table and then all of a sudden, yeah, inspiration. It might just be coffee that does it, you know. It, it can be really simple stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's really good to remember the simple things about creative expression. It's not all big high highbrow stuff. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Um, I also wanted to ask you, um, when we do the bardic grade, there's, I mean, a lot of it is, is, um, is you know, about, about self-development, and you can take that in any way that you want. Um, and then, and then you go on to ovate. But if you're interested in bardic type skills, do you, do you leave them behind when you <laughs> left the bardic grade? Like, obviously not. Um, you know, how does, how does like, how do bardic skills as opposed to the bardic grade, um, you know, move through into the, into the next one? Like, do you think that there's a, an ovate grade of bard, bardistry? <laughs> So when you say that, I think there is, definitely. Mm. You know, I mean, I don't look at the grades as being distinct things because they're not. They're, it's, it's an organic growth from one to the next, you know, and it just kind of it just grows. It's a, it's a tree. It just grows from a seed into a blossoming oak or eucalypt or acacia or whatever it might be. And it just blossoms from that way. Um, but I think, you know, again being people that we are, we can fall into the trap of categorizing and blocking things into, into stuff and be like, well, I finished the bardic grade. Um, I don't have to ever write a poem again or, you know, or a song or, or whatever, or I don't know. There's lots of different ways, but I mean, I suppose the way that Arwen is presented in, I don't know. If, uh, I mean, I'm almost confident to say probably all of modern Druidry, or at least, big percentage of Druid orders present Arwen and, you know, the the spiritual aspect to creative expression as not just being, you know, painting or writing or music or whatever. It's not that, that they don't present it necessarily as a skill set, so to speak. It's 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 much more fundamental than that. It's, you know, I suppose what they're trying to say is creativity is fundamental to the universe mm. um, and that too find the Arwen to find that creativity is, to, is, is the realisation of that fact, that the, that the universe and that our beings are inherently fundamentally creative um, in their processes and in everything. So, um, you, Sorry, just to clarify, you think that that's sort of what like we're doing with the bardic? I think in the bardic, right, I think when you say personal development, I think that's, a, I think that's kind of a, a big kind of foundational part of it mm. is... Yeah, about that, I suppose, meditating on that concept of Arwen as a universal um, source of inspiration. How would you contrast that with the Ovate grade? Well, I was just going to go on with the skill bit before I get to the Oh, sorry. Bit. Okay. I'm just trying to imagine. Because <laughs> I'm like, but doesn't the Ovate talk about that too? But, I don't know, continue. It does. It does. But, okay, well, we'll just go back. So with, with the Ovate stuff, it builds on that. I think it goes it goes deeper, or at least it presents up more tools and more ways of doing things, um, which 
which take a different direction, a slightly different turn. And it takes you, for me anyway, it's taken me much deeper. They often say it takes you deeper into the woods and that kind of way. Well, it definitely feels like that for me. Um, the, the, the process has been a deepening. Um, and at times, at times um, challenging as well, um, but in a different way than the Bardic grade. Um, because I feel like the Ovate is very much about the Bardic grade is contemplation and that kind of thing, but I find the Ovate grade is much more about sitting and it's hard to explain. It's like, yeah, sitting with yourself, but on a much deeper level. It's kind of like seeping into the earth. It's like the earth, the earth has opened up and has welcomed you into her embrace and you just have to accept the initiation and well, you don't have to accept it, but it, it happens. It just, it kind of happens to you and, and then, yeah, and then you're there. You're in the depths of, of, of the mother, um, of the mystery. Um, and I think, too, the Ovant Parade focuses more on the green world, you know, um, whether that's on the inner world or just physically. It, it, it just focuses a lot more on herbs and trees and plants and the, the um, mysticism and the esoteric teachings of plants as well. And I, you know, that's one aspect, of course. There's other aspects to the Obey grade as well. But yeah, it's got it's got a different different focus. But of course, the Arwen does come into it, and like another song I wrote recently um, is about the Obey and the I suppose what the Obey path is like for me, and what it seems to be like for a lot of other Obeys, and um, I suppose yeah, channeling that into a song. Um, and it's worked so far. <laughs> so do you think there's – I mean, um, let me just tell you where I'm coming from in thinking about this. Um, I think that, like, the, the bardic grade is kind of like about um, developing our own understanding of Arwen and our own expression of it, whereas, you know, the things that we associate with ovates, you know, grades aside, is um, – uh, you know, order grades aside anyway, is, is things like healing – and um, yeah. divination and working with spirits and working yeah. with trees and herbs. So it's all it's all about a relationship with other. So, yeah. um, like, if I were to understand how my my art works in, in the bardic grade, it was about you know me telling my story, telling my you know giving my expression of what I needed to say, what I what I wanted to do with my art. So. Um, whereas in the ovate grade, it's about like, how can I tell a story that helps someone else to heal? Mm. Um, you know, I mean, I, I'm telling stories through jewelry or things like that. Um, or, or, a you know, a blog post or something. Um, but yeah, I, the, I, for, for me, it's been much more about that, that sense of like, how, how is it not just about me? And, mm. and I imagine that the druid grade for me will be about like community and like the whole thing, like like seeing the bigger picture. Um, yeah, I don't know. How does that sit with you? Does that is that something you experience too, or am I? Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Hmm. I find that the Ovo grade is like it's 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 walking that liminal space between the self and the other. Hmm. Yeah, and on the one hand, it's as I said, it's like going deeper 
into yourself, but it also makes you go and, and, and you know, like, because you're going deeper, it opens that, that inner eye that sees the other as well, not just in the other world and the spiritual plane, but physically. And you're right in terms of the healing process. It's you're, you're going deeper within yourself um, to find that healing, but um, it's also your job to bring that healing back um, for others. And I find that whether that's, you know, physically working with a healing process or if you're, I mean, I suppose certain Obate tutors might have this process as well, um, Obate mentors. Um, I know that my Obate mentor has, there have been things I've struggled with and, you know, certain techniques or whatever that I've understood and I've needed clarification or whatever, and, and he's been very supportive of that and given me suggestions or whatever. And so I find that that dialogue is really, really important, especially when you get deeper into the forest, um, because there are times where, for me anyway, it does feel a bit lonely at times. Like, I know that there's a community there and I know there are people there, but it's, it's on the one hand, yes, it's we share this journey with others that practice this, but it's an incredibly personal process. It can be a very, very personal process. And um, it has been for me anyway. But, yeah, with, with get, getting back to the skills, um, you could ask the same question about the Ovates or the Druids, you know. Um, it's, it's about individuals, I think, and what an individual decides they're going to implement the skills that they – the skills or the concepts and the ideas and the practices which they take from the body grade or over grade or druid grade and implement them into the physical world, um, in, into the social world. Mm. Um, you know, so, yeah, I think ultimately that comes down to the individual, to the individual who's in the body grade or to the individual who's in the ovate or whatever and so on and so forth. Um, there are bards who definitely, you know, lots and lots of bards who are musicians and painters and whatever it might be. There might even be university grade um, uh, musicians who have done like you know I don't know a thesis or whatever in music or whatever yeah. um, music theory and I know that a few years ago for the Mount uh, Hamish lecture uh, lectures uh, what's his name Telling the Bees the lead singer of Telling the Bees he did a a lecture on bardic skill and how how in the modern world we can bring back a lot of those really bardic skill-focused practices in, into modern Druidry, um, more specifically bardism, into, into modern bardism. Um, and, you know, things like, well, like in the old bardic schools in Scotland or Wales or in, or in Ireland with the filler and the old other side, they had all these different practices, but it was more also about memorization you know they had all these different ways of uh, remembering lots and lots of stories or lineages and all kinds of things and that's not the focus these days with Druidry. um it might be but again as i said it's up to the individual mm. and there, there are aspects of like that in the course where it you know but there again it's up to you whether you take those on some of them suggestions i remember um uh, yeah, I remember getting quite a lot of energy, inspiration to 
cultivate my performing skills and my my memory skills because of the bardic grade. Because for me, the bardic grade was about skill as well. It wasn't just spiritual expression and spiritual nourishment, um, but was about implementing that into a, a creative scheme that uh, I can share with everyone. And memorizing stories was a big part of that for me. Um, I memorized um, Imran Bran, the voyage of Bran, from Irish um, mythology. And that was a challenge that I set for myself. And I used the translation of Robin Williamson because he has a lovely translation. And so, and he's also, um, I think he's a member of BDO, but he's also acknowledged an OBOT as well. So he might be OBOT as well. But anyway, beside the point, he's an amazing bard and he's memorized all these stories. And so that was a big inspiration for me. And, you know, since I've memorized others, um, and I, at the moment I'm trying to memorize my own poems so that I can perform them. Um, so, yeah, memory is an interesting skill. That, that's a really profound skill for a bard to focus on and to hone. It's very um, hard. Yeah, what, what, do you have any, like, techniques? Like, what, how, do you, how do you memorize <laughs> a long poem? I find the best way I learn is repetition. Mm. So I will sit with myself a bit like a mantra and, you know, like, and it could be hearing it, I could be listening to it. And if it's audio, I will stop the track and I will go back and listen to it again. So mm. both, and just kind of memorize it that way. Kind of just or, like, um, like how you would listen to a song and memorize a song similar. Yeah, I, I, I tend to do it in that way. Uh, like if I'm reading a story with the words, I will read the verses out to myself over and over again like a mantra. And I might do one verse one day a week or, or even for a week if, it, if I'm really stuck on it and I'm really struggling to remember, say, three of, the, three of them, three of the verses or three of the sentences, I should say. And, um, yeah, it's just kind of – it's all about repetition for me. I find mm-hmm. that that's uh, one way of doing it. Then, of course, there are also ways of – having visual cues in your mind, you know, like in a landscape. But I find that technique doesn't work too well for me. Oh, really? I find I can't, I can't do it without that. That's so no, important I, I find it, I, I don't know, I, I tend to, the way that I tend to learn things is just kind of, if I just keep repeating it, it just seeps in. So like and one sound will remind you of the next sound to come. Yeah. Kind of thing, yeah. I well, find I, all I have to do is remember the visual picture that yeah. I've made in my mind to remind, remember something and I can recall the words. It's, yeah. it's bizarre. <laughs> I that's, love a really, that's a really awesome handy skill to have. That's great. Yeah. There's like a bunch of different invocations that I've remembered and, and I remember them as a picture. That's okay. awesome. Yeah. I guess we're all different. Yeah. Yeah. I've done a little bit of that with the Voyage of Bran. I remember certain, you know, parts of the story visually. Um, and if I what, so a few few years ago, I did it at a poetry slam night in the city. Um, it was called was it called Dithrambia, and um, I did this story, and it was to people that had no idea, like they they. Maybe one person in the audience had heard some Celtic stories before. Uh, so it was awesome. And I told this story. And, I mean, the thing is about the story is that the Voyage of Bran t- 
told by Robin Williamson is a mix of poetry. It's very poetic in the way that it's told. So it was just right for this. And, I mean, a lot of, a lot of the poems were, you know, about personal things and, and I suppose people just writing their personal poetry. Um, and it was a big challenge for me. But I set that for myself and that was for the Barnet grade. Mm. Um, was to go through that process of going, well, this the, – the bard was someone that had all these skills and I want to try and implement more of those. I knew that, yes, I've got the music thing and things like that, but I wanted to push myself into avenues that I really liked, that I could see myself doing more of, and so I've worked on those and I continue to. I, I really want to learn the harp, which I can't believe I haven't yet, um, um, so I plan on getting a little knee harp and just learning some more stories because I really want to start getting into the process of playing harp and reciting stories with while I'm, you know, playing music in the background. It's things the, like that. Yeah, the quintessential image of the, the Celtic yeah. band, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's interesting. Different things sing to different people. Mm. See you. 
we've gone a couple of different places <coughs> what do you feel like um like your songwriting journey has been like what's like is is the deepening movement into the ovate grade been like the the main change i suppose in your your sense of you know what you're doing as a as a bard as a like a function right as opposed to a grade you know as as a so singer songwriter do you think that's where it's gone? Is it just going deeper, or are you? Um, is is something changing in the way that you're doing it because of where you're at with your journey? Yeah, oh, definitely, definitely changing. Um, it kind of feels like there are more doors opening. Like that, there, there are more. That there are more interesting things happening. Um, journeys to be taken. And the journey that I'm taking now, um, yeah, I, I found the Ovate grade has opened me up to more inspiration in, in many ways than the Bardic grade, actually. I actually found the Bardic grade was kind of, for me, it was kind of connecting with nature in more of a general sense, whereas I find the Ovate grade can be a lot more specific, mm. you know, whether it's about specific tr um, connecting with trees or with um, whatever it might be, herbs, ancestors, or, or specific concepts within the Ovate practice. Um, of course, there's aspects of that in the Vita grade too, but again, it was very foundational. I found it quite mm -hmm. foundational um, for Druidry, um, and it gave me inspiration for sure especially with mythologies and I suppose that was my focus was memorizing the old tales 
But in the way, I find the ovate grades kind of open me up to more seership or like almost seeing into a song. It's like the inner journey as I go into the forest. It opens up this awareness or, or, or different ways, different avenues that songs might come to me. Hard to explain. <laughs> but um, it's like, I don't know, like a, a spirit that I've been you know, through meditation I've met or in a trance or whatever. Yeah, Um, I suppose it's like that real broadening of experience, whereas the the bardic grade is quite prescriptive, I suppose, in some senses. It says, let's try this and let's try this and, you know, Mm. whereas um, the ovate grade seems to just send you off on a path and, like, (laughs) make it up. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. Yeah. and it kind of just pushes you out there. It basically says, all right, you know, you know the basic skills. Now get yeah. out there and do it. <laughs> and they just kind of they just push you out into the wilderness naked. And yeah. like, here's a few skills. Go play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. Right. So I suppose there's like more like self-reliance, but which I suppose yeah. does yeah allows you to kind of explore what's speaking to you. Um, I guess it kind of, feel, it kind of feels like essential, like. There's something about the ovate practice which, you know, it's 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 essential that you go beyond your boundaries, that you that you find, I suppose, your direction, or at least you accept that the road is open before you, and that the forest is long and wide and wild, and that you will meet many things along the way, and that you have many experiences. But it's not all prescriptive and it's not it's not all set down in stone. You have to you you will learn about the, the path as you go, you have experiences. And of course it won't be the same for everyone. You know. Mm. Totally. But that's the thing about vision quest. Mm. Um and I think for me that's been another part, a big big part of the Ovate stuff. And vision doesn't always happen for me in the sense of vision either. Like I don't necessarily have a trance and have a vision, a visual vision, but it could be the process of going through the Gwersi or something. Something just becomes clear to me in my consciousness all of a sudden Um, and I'll become aware of something, another level of consciousness or another level of a symbol or a concept which wasn't clear to me before because I have been doing particular meditation or something and it over time gradually um, unfolds this meaning which I'm not even aware happening at the time sometimes it just unfolds itself I can't even imagine that like my my meditation is so visual (laughs) yeah mine's not always like that sometimes I find I can be quite fleety mentally so sometimes I kind of just have to let go of all the visual stuff and just be with the, the body and with the feelings of mm. the body. And then because thoughts come in and out, like bloody, you know, clouds. Yeah. Oh, it's, <laughs> so, it's so fascinating how everybody experiences it so differently, though, as well, like trying to imagine what it's like to have a meditation without visual aspects. I just, yeah, I find I that really hard. Well, I think, I think the difference is, is between, you know, visualisation and contemplation mm. or like, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, I do. I can do kind of, you know, body awareness meditation. Yeah, but you can sit with 
saying if you can't, I mean, that usually I get quite a good grounding in my growth, but, you know, and a visual connection with the trees around me, that's, you know, within myself. Um, but maybe sometimes there might be someone that really struggles to uh, comprehend the, that inner grove. You know, the, the, there's meant to be some grove in there. I can't feel or see this thing. Yeah. And so the other way is to reflect on the concept, to contemplate the inner grove. Yes. What does that mean within myself? Mm. And, and so that's another way of connecting with it. That's another doorway to going deeper and to connecting to that growth. Yeah, to sort of thinking about the idea of Grove. Yeah. It doesn't need to, but it's much more than that because it can make you feel connected. That's the whole point is about finding connection, about feeling connected to the divine or to spirit. And so in a manner of speaking, it, you know, it doesn't really matter which way you get there. You know what I mean? Like there's so many different ways of, of getting there. Yes. I think often we have to just forgive ourselves for not doing it the way we think it's supposed to be done. Yeah. yeah. So often. But I think that happens in any course too, like yeah. whether it's college or uni or um and I think but I, I think it happens a lot in you know, magical esoteric traditions and schools of learning that do have a structured program of learning that you can trick yourself into thinking, even though the Guosi tell you over and over again, you know, if this doesn't work for you, put it down, or if it doesn't call to you, yeah. you know. I mean, there are fundamental things that they say you should probably, you know, practice this a few times, see how it works for you. It's kind of part of what we do, but if it doesn't work for you, doesn't, move on, you know, try something else. Mm. Um, and that's definitely, I mean, the bardic grade, I was different that again being foundational I found it a lot more gentle in a way I mean it was a lot more gentle for me than the Ovac grade the Ovac grade has pushed me a bit which is good but definitely um with the vision side of things and stuff like that it's been interesting because I've really had to sit with myself and go well how do I do this because just because what it says in the Gwersi doesn't mean that's how I'm going to experience it or how I'm even going to get to that place of mm. mind. So it does. The Ovate path is all about coming into yourself from those foundations. You know, you're, you're now blossoming into an adult. If you were seed, then you were a child. Now you have all this kind of um, learning behind you, but it is now time to go beyond, you've got that foundation, you can now walk on it, but there's a lot more ahead to the horizon that you haven't discovered yet, and a lot of it is up to you, <laughs> and it can be scary. It's a but, huge area. Like, I mean, Druidry is such a massive, like how can you, you can't say, oh, that's a Druidry subject, because everything is a Druidry subject. Yeah, no, ways. it can be very universal. Yeah. It's incredibly broad, the, the ways that people interpret, you know, each lesson and what, what paths you could go down. It's just endless, really. So many possibilities. And I suppose if you are going to go down the road of self-development, you, of course, have to factor in that everyone's self-development is going to be. I mean, you, you, you can create a structure 
for people to work with, but you always have to be aware that it's not going to work for everyone. Yeah. And or at least at least the overall framework of course. Something might work, but then there'll be particulars that don't. And so that person has to adapt or you know, whatever or, or the course, the course sometimes um, has to adapt. But yeah, I think the, the the diversity of human psychology is is a beautiful thing. But I think sometimes again we get caught and we attach ourselves too much to what we expect our capabilities are going to be before we arrive there. And when we've arrived, we've already set all these expectations in mode. So then, so then the spirit of the grove goes, nah, stuff you, mate. I'm not going to up today. So then where are no you No hour for you. Back in perpetual, <laughs> perpetual thinking and yeah. just thoughts and thoughts. <laughs> so, no. <laughs> but, of course, that is also part of the spiritual journey. Yeah. In, in any meditative school, any school that kind of teaches things that are going to be psychological and uh, teaches skills of vision and things like that. Um, are going to be challenging for people because you're working with your mind. You're working with who you are. I mean, things are going to pop out. Things are going to be challenging. Mm. Totally. It's an amazing journey. Um, um, so cool. you had a poem. Yep. So this was one from memory I wrote after meditation or during. Um, it's it's Basically... So what happens is I've got my ovate journals, and this is this is one I've written in the ovate grade, and it, so it came out of an ovate experience. Um, but it's kind of, I suppose, touching on the key concepts of of different experiences I've had with, um, you know, uh, like the masculine, the feminine, the sun and moon, and things like that. The mystic way of the druid. See that in the eye of each one of you is earth, water, air, fire. See in your left palm, upright and cut, to the sickle moon is your vessel. See in your right hand, stretched out with fingers directing towards the sun, is the way the seed is growing. See how moon and sun meet in the centre. See how the centre meets everywhere. See that you are everywhere, star in stone, Stone in star, eclipse of moon, eclipse of sun. Mistletoe child, listen. Be reborn to yourself. Listen, listen. Do you hear it yet? That is you. That's lovely. What's it called? It's called The Mystic Way of the Druid. Lovely. Poem. Very nice. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, yeah, thanks so much for, for having a chat. That's been great having having a talk about all of that stuff. Thank you so much for having me, Julie. That's okay. Well, it was great having a chat with Casey. I hope you enjoyed having a listen in too. The best places to find out more about what he's got coming up is either via his website, which is www.caseystevenson.com. I've got the link in the show notes or via his Facebook page under Casey Stevenson. If you're looking for him on Spotify or Bandcamp or iTunes, you can find him there under KC Guy. 
That's a capital K, capital C, and then G-U-Y. The tracks I'll Be and Wild Man appear on his Sleeping Giants EP, but that Chasing the Hair track was a live recording that he made just for this podcast, and you'll have to wait for his next release to get that one anywhere else. So stay tuned to his page and find out when it'll be coming out. Thanks again for listening.